Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. In today's episode, we have one of the most insightful, I'm going to use that word, insightful conversations between a mortal and a divine being in any of Tolkien's works, or maybe in any work ever. And of course, as Tolkien does, and as we talked about in the bonus episode last week, if you are one of the patrons, he pulls from other sources, these older works and myths, and the kind of things that are revealed when speaking with the divine. Who am I talking about here? Well, I'm talking about Olmo, Lord of the Seas. He and tour are about to have one of the most important conversations of tour's life and we're going to learn a little bit more about what's actually going on behind the scenes of these great powers so prepare to weather the storm here we go We began this conversation last week, so if you are just tuning into this episode, make sure you go back. And and in fact, I would recommend going through all the episodes in order to make sure that you understand the full context of everything that's going on. But the conversation continues. Tour and Ulmo have met. They're standing at the edge of Middle-earth. Tour is on the land. Ulmo's feet are still in the water. He is the Lord of the Waters, after all. And they're discussing what Tour is supposed to be doing. He's supposed to go find Turgen, the High Lord of the Noldor, the remaining High Lord of the Noldor in Gondolin. And Tour asks a question. He says, Then shall Turgen not stand against Morgoth, as all the Eldar yet hope? Said Tour. And what wouldst thou of me, Lord, if I come now to Turgen? For though I am indeed willing to do as my father and stand by that king in his need, yet of little avail shall I be, a mortal man alone, among so many and so valiant of the high folk of the West. Basically, I'm willing to do what you're saying, but I don't understand it. My father, my family has stood by the Noldor, we have been friends of the elves. I am now standing in front of you, one of the greatest powers in the world, who is very clearly beckoning me to go do this thing, but I don't understand. How am I going to make a difference? I'm just a mortal man. I'm a guy with a sword who has been wandering around in the wilderness, avoiding capture from evil forces. What am I going to do? Ulma responds, if I choose to send thee, Tour, son of Hur, 
then believe not that thy one sword is not worth the sending. Basically, I have plans. You need to trust me a little bit more. And this echoes some of the conversations people have with God in the Bible, that sort of thing. Like, Lord, how can I be helpful? What do I even know? I'm just a human, blah, 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 blah. And then God's like, why would you question me? I know so much more about everything than you do. That kind of thing, right? We're getting a little bit of that here. And it goes on. For the valor of the Edain, the elves shall ever remember as the ages lengthen, marveling that they gave life so freely, of which they had on earth so little. This is echoed. We've heard this before. This idea that the elves would find the mortals and their valorous deeds confusing. They have such short lives. Why would they throw them away for these short-term goals? or to help with these long-term goals that they will never see. Why would they do that? And although that is very beneficial to the story as a whole, this is something that humans do. Old men plant seeds so that the people coming after them have shade from the trees, that sort of thing. But that's not all. But it is not for thy valor only that I send thee, but to bring into the world a hope beyond thy sight and a light that shall pierce the darkness this is both metaphorical and literal olmo somehow knows what is happening in the future or has a sense of what is to come and maybe that's due to the music of the einer maybe that's due to something implanted in him directly from iluvatar but this is the first reference we get in this section that Ulmo seems to understand what's going to happen with Tour's descendants, with Arendil and the Silmaril becoming a star, a light that shall pierce the darkness. And that light that pierces the darkness, the Silmaril, the light of the trees, is referenced in so many other places. And then we get a really interesting situation here. The storm gathers and becomes even worse. The sky grows black. The wind kicks up. The waves start pressing against the sea. It, it starts becoming this dangerous situation for Tour to be standing there on the coast in the midst of this storm. Lightning is crashing. Now, that's a little confusing because Olmo is the Lord of the Seas. Is he angry right now? What is going on? Well, Olmo says, go now lest the sea devour thee. For O.C., and we haven't heard that name for a while, O.C. is the Maiar who is the uh, lord of the coastlines and the, uh, the one that sailors pray to for easy trips and those kinds of things. You would think O.C. would be a Maiar under Olmo, and he sort of is, but we get an explanation here. For O.C. obeys the will of Mandos, and he is wroth, being a servant of of the doom everybody else other than olmo is following the will of mandos or at least the predictions of mandos olmo himself is standing against that by reaching out to mortals and to elves in order to affect the world in a positive way against morgoth's plans the rest of them are still at this stage where they're like, the elves have sown their own fate. 
let them reap it that you don't i guess you sow seeds that makes sense i was thinking stitching but that's not the same thing uh anyway it goes on as thou commandest said to her but uh if i escape the doom what words shall i say unto turgen like i I don't even know what to say i'm gonna go talk to the king of the noldor then you're gonna send me but how do i even know what to say so ulmo reassures him he says if thou come to him then the words shall arise in thy mind and thy mouth shall speak as I would speak and fear not. And therefore do as thy heart and valor lead thee. Basically, don't worry about it. Be confident. I'm going to give you the words. Now, I want you to hold on to a question here because I believe we're going to get a solution to this as we move forward. Is this magic? Is Ulmo projecting into Tour's mouth the words and the thoughts themselves? Or is this confidence? Is he giving him confidence that he's going to be able to handle this in the future? Let's see where this goes. Hold fast to my mantle, Ulmo continues. For thus shalt thou be guarded, and I will send one to thee out of the wrath of Osi, and thus shalt thou be guided. Yea, the last mariner of the last ship that shall seek into the west until the rising of the star. Go now back to the land. This must be super confusing. I'm going to send to you somebody against what Osei's will would be. I'm going to bring to you somebody out of the ocean who was on the last ship that seeked into the west. So probably an elf is going to come back from the sea and this will be the last ship that went into the west until the rising of the star stars rise and fall every night what is he even talking about the star we know Arendil. Arendil silmaril he takes into the sky that becomes the star another reference to that we get more reminders about the sea being tumultuous and the storm growing and on the coast tour responds to that and he says i go lord yet now my heart yearneth rather to the sea remember he's been having that feeling inside that call to the sea all this time and then Olmo takes a horn a giant horn i would suppose because he seems like a giant guy standing there out in the water and he blows a note one note into the horn and at first you might think oh he's calling somebody maybe this elf person that he's mentioned is uh needs this horn sound to know where to go why is he blowing a horn what is going on with this well there's something about blowing that horn maybe the music from it remember music is powerful and this vision that happens with tour and as he heard that note and was encompassed by it and filled with it it seemed to tour that the coasts of middle earth vanished and he surveyed all the waters of the world in a great vision. It's as if his view, his perspective has risen up and he can see the entire ocean. From the veins of the lands, he can see also the lands, to the mouths of the rivers, and from the strands and estuaries out into the deep, the great sea 
he saw through its unquiet regions, teeming with strange forms, even to its lightless depths in which amid the everlasting darkness there echoed voices terrible to mortal ears, a reference to the dark things that dwell deep in the earth, or in the sea in this case. Its measureless plains he surveyed with the swift sight of the Valar, lying windless under the eye of Anar, or glittering under the horned moon, or lifted in hills of wrath that broke upon the shadowy isles, until remote upon the edge of sight and beyond the count of leagues, he glimpsed a mountain. Where could this possibly be? Rising beyond his mind's reach into a shining cloud, and at its feet, a long surf glimmering. And even as he strained to hear the sound of those far waves and to see clearer the distant light, the note ended, and he stood beneath the thunder of the storm, and the lightning many-branched rent asunder the heavens above him. And Ulma was gone, and the sea was in tumult as the wild waves of Osi rode against the walls of Neverest. Omo gives Tour a vision here of pretty much the whole world. And at the very edge of his sight, he teases a view of Valinor, the mountain rising out of the sea. This is very similar to the description of Valinor that Gandalf gives Pippin. Remember this? Pippin says, I didn't think it would end this way. Gandalf says, end? No, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path, one that we all must take. The gray rain curtain of this world rolls back and all turns to silver glass. And then you see it. What, Gandalf, see what? White shores and beyond a far green country under a swift sunrise. References to the West. Well, that isn't so bad. No, no, it isn't. So let me tell you a little story. You know that we get sponsors on these podcasts and Yuffie, who does these smart locks with video cameras in them, reached out and they sent me a smart door lock with a 2K camera, a doorbell and a finger reader, all the bells and whistles. And I was like, okay, cool. They sent it to me. I already have one on my back door. When I opened this up and installed it, I was like, why didn't I go with Yuffie to begin with? Because this is a step above the one that I've been using. The finger reader just works. The 2K camera is so clear. I can see when somebody's at the front door, if it's Amazon or if it's somebody trying to sell me something. It even has night vision and works in the dark. It makes me feel so much safer. Plus, my son can just put his finger on the door and just come right in when he gets home from school. He doesn't have to worry about losing keys and you don't even have to change the batteries in these because it's got like a 10,000 milliwatt hour battery that lasts for like four months. Go check these out today. Search for Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Again, search Eufy Video Lock. I think you'll love it. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where I get to thank our patrons, including our newest patrons, Courtney K and Ridge H. Thank you for signing up. Welcome to the Patreon. I'm glad that you're here. And I have to shout out all of our VIP patrons. And just a reminder, this is patreon.com slash L-O-T-R Lorecast, where you can get ad-free episodes. You can get every bonus episode. There's a bonus episode pretty much. I mean, for 99% of the episodes, there's a bonus episode. And sometimes they coincide with the episode. Sometimes they are a completely different thing. But it's lots of extra content. So if you're looking for that, head over to patreon.com slash L-O-T-R Lorecast. All right, let's see if I can get through this gigantic list of our VIP patrons as fast as possible. AK Music Lover, Anakin Skywalker, Apollo, Aragorn III, Austin C, Azzle Razzle, Barney D, Bo, Black Squirrel, Brandy D, Chewbacca, Cutter Metalworks, Darth Feanor, David S, David M, Drupal, 2005, 2005, I guess, Esoteric Rage, Fulcrum, Gimli, a break. <laughs> uh, Gemma D, Jesse P, J Eggs, Jezer, uh, B, Kate L, Katie S, Capenna, uh, Lore FC, Lori B, Nick K, Nostrils of Sauron, Obi Wan Kenobi, Peace Lutheran Church, Sam B, Sauron for Life, Seju S, Swiggy Swoo, TJT. Thank you so much to all of you. To everyone, to all of the patrons, to everybody who supports the show, everybody who helps in every little way you possibly can. If you if you can't subscribe, if you don't have the money or if that's not even something you're interested in, then leaving a five star review on Apple Podcasts is a wonderful way to help out sharing the show with your friends. There's all sorts of things you can do and all of it adds up. So thank you to everyone for your support. We have a new review that came in this last week. This is from Callie Cat in the United States who writes perfect travel companion five stars so thankful for this podcast I found this excellent show on my expedition traveling through New Zealand to visit the Lord of the Rings filming locations what I'm so jelly uh, needless to say it fit in perfectly with the magical landscapes and locations I got to see while geeking out on my journey thank you Tom for creating such a masterpiece oh thank you Callie cat that's awesome we've talked on the show before about wanting to go there and Oh, man, that would be a wonderful trip. Uh, It's expensive. It's a long way to go. It's a lot of time. We'll see. Maybe I'll get there at some point. But thank you to everybody for your support. Thank you for rating the show on Spotify and other platforms and all sorts of other things that you have done in order to support me and make this possible. I really do appreciate it. All right, let's move on with the rest of the story. So Olmo disappears. He gives Tour this vision. And then the sea is now getting even worse. The storm is getting apparently dangerous. There's lightning. There's thunder. The waves are crashing against the remains of this tower and these buildings that Noldor had built centuries ago. And so he goes back inside 
in order to take shelter in the hall. And he's tired. He falls asleep and he ends up having a dream. It says here, a vision of an aisle and in the midst of it was a steep mountain and behind it, the sun went down and shadows sprang into the sky. But above it, there shone a single dazzling star. It's basically the same image that Olmo gave him now showing up in his dream. And he falls deep asleep. And during his sleep, the storm passes. And he wakes up. And he goes down to the shore. And he looks around. And he notices something. Tour looked down from the lowest terrace and saw leaning against its wall among the stones and the sea rack, an elf clad in a gray cloak, sodden with the sea. He wakes up to an elf wet who had come from the ocean itself waiting there for him. Just like Olmo had said, Silent he sat, gazing beyond the ruin of the beaches, because the beaches were absolutely torn up by this storm. Out over the long ridges of the waves, all was still, and there was no sound save the roaring of the surf below. And in this moment, somehow words come into his mouth. He looks out at this elf standing there, and he calls out, Welcome, Veronwi. I await you. It just knows what to say. The The words just come out of his mouth. He even knows this elf's name. The elf looks at him with his sea gray eyes. Notice the description including sea there. And at that moment, Tour knew that he was one of the Noldor. And in this moment, we get another one of those situations where a mortal is engaged with something mysterious something from the fairy world remember how i mentioned that that often elicits fear and wonder in the mortal except wait a minute this time it's reversed it says here but fear and wonder grew in his gaze as he saw tour standing high upon the wall above him this is from veronway's perspective clad in his great cloak like a shadow out of which the elven male gleamed upon his breast. He sees this individual standing there in armor, looking like he's ready for battle, gleaming in the armor of his people, and he knows his name. This is very strange. Nobody's supposed to be here. And then we end up with this conversation, and I'm going to read this word for word because this whole thing is so good. A moment thus they stayed, each searching the face of the other, and then the elf stood up and bowed low before Tour's feet. Who are you, Lord? He calls him Lord, he said. Long have I labored in the unrelenting sea. Tell me, have great tidings befallen since I walked the land? Is the shadow overthrown? Have the hidden people come forth? Like, I've been out there in the oceans looking to get back to Valinor, to petition the Valar to come help us. In the time that I was gone, have good things happened? Is everything solved? Nay, Tour answered. The shadow lengthens 
and the hidden remain hid. At this point, you have to notice here that Veronwi doesn't know who Tour is. He looks like one of his people clad in armor. Then Veronwe looked at him long in silence. But who are you? He asked again. For many years ago, my people left this land, and none have dwelt here since. And now I perceive that despite your raiment, you are not of them, as I thought, but are of the kindred of men. I am, said Tour. And are you not the last mariner of the last ship that sought the west from the havens of Círdan? I am, said the elf. Veronwi, son of Aronwi, I am I. But how you know my name and fate, I understand not. I know, for the Lord of the Waters spoke to me yestereve, answered Tour. It's a bold claim. Olmo himself came and talked to me. That's how I know who you are. And he said that he would save you from the wrath of Osi and send you hither to be my guide. Then in fear and wonder, Veronwe cried, You have spoken with Olmo the mighty? Then great indeed must be your worth and doom. But whither should I guide you, Lord? For surely a king of men you must be, and many must wait upon your word. He still doesn't know who Tour is. He's like, well, you must be some sort of very important person. Nay, I am an escaped thrall, said Tour, and I am an outlaw alone in an empty land. But I have an errand to Turgon, the hidden king. Know you by what road I may find him? This is an interesting ask. He comes across a guy who looks like one of his people who speaks of being with and talking with and being summoned by and being sent on an errand by Ulmo, one of the most powerful beings in the world, and then reveals, no, I'm basically an escaped slave and I need to go talk to the hardest to get to person in the entire of the entirety of Middle Earth. <laughs> what? Then... We get, many are outlaw and thrall in these evil days who were not born so, answered Veronwi. A lord of men, by right you are, I deem. But were you the highest of all your folk? No right would you have to seek Turgon, and vain would be your quest. For even were I to lead you to his gates, you could not enter in. Tour responds, I do not bid you to lead me further than the gate. There, doom shall strive with the counsel of Ulmo. Remember, Ulmo is at odds with Mandos and the doom proclaimed on the Noldor. And we're reminded of that again. And if Turgon will not receive me, then my errand will be ended and doom shall prevail. Basically, Turgon still has free will here. Everybody still has the ability to do what they will. This is the only thing I've been summoned to do. And if I can't do it, well, then I just can't do it. But as for my right to seek Turgon, I am Tur, son of Hur, and kin to Hurin, whose names Turgon will not forget, because they saved his butt, basically, is what he's saying. And I seek also by the command of Olmo, 
Will Turgon forget that which he spoke to him of old? Now, hold on here. Tur doesn't know this, but all of a sudden these words come to him again, because he was not there when Olmo spoke with Turgon. Remember that the last hope of the Noldor cometh from the sea. Or again, when peril is nigh, one shall come from Nevrast to warn thee. He quotes two prophecies directly given to Turgon himself from Olmo. That there's no way that he would have known. I am he that should come and I am arrayed thus in the gear that was prepared for me. And Tour marvels at this. He marvels that he was even able to say this. And it says here, For the words of Olmo to Turgon at his going from Nevrast were not known to him before, nor to any save the hidden people. Therefore, the more amazed was Veronwi. But he turned away and looked toward the sea. And he sighs. Alas, he said, I wish never again to return. And often have I vowed in the deeps of the sea that if ever I set foot on land again, I would dwell at rest far from the shadow in the north or by the havens of Círdan, or maybe in the fair fields of Nen-Tethrin, where the spring is sweeter than heart's desire. But... If evil has grown while I have wandered, and the last peril approaches them, then I must go to my people. He turned back to Tour and says, I will lead you to the hidden gates, for the wise will not gainsay the counsels of Olmo. And Tour hears the longing in his heart for being in a place that he can't be. Tour understands, I think, in this moment that he longs for the sea, but he needs to still go do this. And Veronwe longs for a place far from the dark shadow. And yet he decides that he will do this as well. Both of them stay faithful to Olmo's request. And Tour gives him here some words. Then we will go together, as we are counseled, said Tour. But mourn not, Veronwe. For my heart says to you that far from the shadow your long road shall lead you, and your hope shall return to the sea. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, and more at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at robots underscore radio or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes or just search Robots Radio Discord or find the link on robotsradio.net. I'll see you next time.